You are listening to Eleven O'Clock Comics episode. Yeah, guys, what two two sixty nine? What is sixty seven ish? Yeah, sure. This can be a woohoo. Two sixty seven. Woo! Hey there, folks. Uh, this is Christopher Neesman again. Uh, Vince will probably be uh, will be joining us later, so don't turn your iPods and iPhones and other MP3 listening devices off yet. He's going to join us here in a little bit, but uh, but we're going to get started uh, a little bit ahead of schedule uh, this week. And uh, and I'm joined uh, as always by uh, by my partner in crime. I'm David Price. Yes, sir. <laughs> It's always good to have you here. And, you know, whenever everyone is away, David, it's always you and me, isn't it? it yeah, pretty much. Pretty it's much. Woods off in Disneyland, and Vince is is doing what Vince does whenever he's not here. So, um, because um, because those two guys are gone, we put out a little call and figured that we'd bring in one uh, one of our buddies that uh, you know is all constantly asking to be on the show, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure listens to us constantly, you know, has the show on repeat, but uh, um, he's a guy who's written a, a couple comics and is uh, is uh, branching out uh, across many uh, media now, and uh, he's uh, uh, an old podcast friend of mine, Mr. Greg Rucka. Hello! Hello, hey. sir. It's so awesome to have you here. How you doing? Uh, I'm not doing too bad, actually, right now. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I saw I I saw the video for the uh, for the Kickstarter. Uh, did 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 you did did you lose your razor? Oh, oh! Don't you even go there. <laughs> Look at all scraggly, you man. Get to, you don't you don't even get to go there. I mean, I you know when mine went all like gray. Kinder, this is my kinder, gentler look. Actually, you know what's funny is I got shortly after we shot the video for the Kickstarter. Um. I decided that I was fed up with all the all the facial hair that I let grow, and mm-hmm. I'd been letting what little hair I have up top grow. So I I shaved, you know, and I went back to the to the goatee and and, and I shaved my head, and uh, I maintained it for all of about a month. And uh, as I speak to you now, I am you know the beard's growing back in, and so I just can't be arsed to shave that often. <laughs> I've got other things I'm doing, man. But, but apparently, I get emails from you every other day on like updates on on how on how Lady Saber is doing. So I imagine that half your time is spent writing comics, and the other half is spent writing Kickstarter updates. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, and I've said this before. We did a lot. I mean, we did a lot of research before we put the campaign together and we launched. We, you know, Eric Newsom and, and Rick Burchett and I, we talked to, you know, as many people as we could about it. And, you know, we, we looked at a bunch of campaigns that we thought had done really well. And we looked at a bunch of campaigns that we thought had really sort of made some crucial mistakes. And, and, and we did all this work 
and there were two things that we screwed up on uh, that I that I am painfully aware of. I should I should add mm-hmm. there may be many more that we have yet to discover or that people will be happy to point out to me. But the first one was postage. It turns out a lot more expensive than we thought it was. <laughs> yes, especially international. Yeah. Um, we are going to get raked over the coals on our international postage, and there's just no way around it. We 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 set it too low, and even and and, and in my opinion, we had set it high and then once we started getting the orders in and we started getting a better idea because we didn't have final weights and then you know you when we started it was you got a book for 30 dollars you got Mm -hmm. 192 page hardcover beautiful book right and we figured okay 20 bucks international postage we're gonna take a loss but okay um and and now it's not one book. You get three books. You yeah, I know you. Your guys, your guys' stretch goals have been ridiculous, and well, that's I mean, and that adds to your postage. Well, and it, it, absolutely. And then and then on top of adding the two books, we went back through and we increased the quality of the initial mm-hmm. trade, so it's going to be heavier. So I mean, it is. It is. It's like we're actively working against ourselves here. It's so. Um, it's 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 crazy because um, Jason Wood, who's who's not here this week, he's um, he's on family vacation. Mm-hmm. J- Jason is is kind of the the Kickstarter guy out of our group. He he ran a panel at C two E two with uh, with a lot of the you know with I like talked to him obviously. You know, it's he he talked with Ryan Stegman and Ryan Brown and David. Who else was on that panel? Do you? Ryan Brown, Ryan Stegman, uh, there were, um, and, and there was a novelist. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they, they, they weren't, they, they weren't comic related folks, but they were, uh, they, they all had successful Kickstarters. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting mix. And, and I talked to, uh, to Ryan Brown, who, and he was on the show talking to him, uh, about his Kickstarter for, for God Hates Astronauts. And, and he, he kind of talked about there's like the swelling of it. it's 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 a, a good problem to have is that whenever your Kickstarter reaches a point where it's it's beyond the goal and it's and it's becoming a thing and you you are you're at this point where it's obviously um, a, a mega success for you it's great but there are problems that come along with that and and. It's you have to make more product and you have to ship it and and it's like this little mini business all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I I, the, I don't even want to talk about you know we're we're already talking about how how best to handle fulfillment. Uh, <laughs> I, well, because there are two things. I mean, to finish what I was saying initially, the other thing nobody told us was it's a full time job. Sure. We we started and we 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 really thought okay you know we if we do the campaign right we get everything set. Then we click go, and we check on it, you know, every day, you know, a couple times a day. We do the odd update. That'll be, no, 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 no. First thing in the morning, you're in there, and you're like, okay, yeah. let's see. Are there any messages? Did anything change? Um, you know, what, what needs to be – and then all the follow-up. Like, between launching and – Announcing the stretch goals, I was, you know, I was calling the 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 guy at the printer three, four times a day, going, "Okay, wait. So if we do it like this, okay, wait. If we change the numbers, because it's all well and good to say we want to offer these extra books and so on, but if we can't price them right, you know, we can't go into the red on this. We've got to stay in the black." Um, 
Is it? You know, so and then uh, and then, like I said, on top of that, the issue Uh of fulfillment really is one that I'm very concerned about because one of the things one of the things I think that gets lost in the shuffle of Kickstarter is that, and they're actually, and I didn't really realize this until we were underway. They're they're really very smart about how they've established the model. You know, you are funding a project. You are a backer, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. In, inherent in that then, right, is if you give to it, you are endorsing the task, right? You're saying, I want to see this succeed. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful of it. You know, please, please do this. When the campaign ends um, and we're funded and, and we're five days away and it is possible, no, not likely, that we will be that 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 we won't be funded. I should say it's possible. It's not likely, but it's possible that somebody, everybody, could go in and, and cancel their pledges, <laughs> and, we could, and we could end up at twenty seven four ninety. You mm-hmm. know, and not and, likely, but possible. Right, I mean, <laughs> possible I, but not plausible. I'm not. It's a MythBusters thing. Um, it's plausible, <laughs> but I just, I'm not willing to count any of those eggs. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, once we are funded, once it's completed, and I, I, I said in another interview recently, I, but I sincerely believe this: it would be the, it would be the worst badge of of shame, to then fail in the fulfillment phase, mm-hmm. to not then be able to turn to um, you know there, at this moment, and I just clicked to the page. At this moment, there are two thousand one hundred and seventy five backers. I mean. That's that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's and, a that is a small midwestern town, Greg. Yeah, you know, we want to do right <laughs> by them. So Yeah, you, you know what you sound like? And and it's really kind of funny. You you sound like a publisher and that's what you are doing right now. You're publishing. That is, yeah, that is exactly what we have. And, and, and that's what you know. I love about the the whole Kickstarter model is that it's this this amazing crowdsourcing um, revolution that has it's turned creators into many publishers, and that is that is so exciting. I, and and you know you know you know the, that that my love of your work is is Q and C, and yeah. and this is something that you know um, five eight years ago, if if this existed, you know I can see you very. Uh, very readily going to a crowdsourcing model to 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 further to further that line of books along, and this you know as a writer as a creator, how exciting is it for you to be able to to say you know what if we have a good idea let's throw it out there, and if there's enough people that back it that get behind it that are excited about it, we're going to do this thing. Well, I mean, I, I I think that what what Kickstarter has done. Um, is, I mean, is is genuinely wonderful for those people who can activate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not. Uh, it, it's not as easy as you might think. No, um, it's it, a lot of work. It, it, it's funny too because I, I there's a whole back end to Kickstarter. If you've never, uh, if you've never actually launched a project, right? If you've only seen it from sort of the interface of I'm I'm looking and I'm pledging, mm-hmm. the back end has. All of these sort of options where you can, you know, go and take a look at data and so on. So, for instance, when you were talking about the video, right, mm-hmm. I know I, I, I've got a metric that tells me how many times the video has been watched 
And of that number, how many times actually watched the whole damn thing? Right. <laughs> you know? Let me tell you, it's it, it, it's the ratio is about oh, th- one to three. Yeah. People who watch the hey. whole thing. You know, we were talking about podcasts before before we started recording, and how like this is an old, you know, old media now. Yeah. Uh, it felt oh, so oh, new, you know, a couple oh, a couple years ago. Um, I mean, there were days I would be at work and I'd be like, "How many downloads have we had? Where are they coming from? You know, how many are from this? You know, from this yeah. internet provider?" And it is this addictive crazy thing oh, it's my, my, I, i'm a dog in a cage you know yeah, following my, my, my trail friend, it, you know my, it, friend, uh, my friend neil bailey uh does a web comic called karate ipsum right that you can find at charlieeverett.com all one word and he just launched a kickstarter to fund the printing of his second trade mm-hmm. yesterday right and, and he's he launched it yesterday 9 a.m pacific and Wednesday is the regular day that Neil and myself and Matthew Clark, you know, the the artist, um, uh, you know, I worked with him on on Superman and on Felon. We get together for coffee, and we've been doing it for years, right? So I go down to the coffee shop where we're going to meet, and Neil's there with his iPad, and he's obsessively reloading the page. Yep. And I'm like, you have to stop. <laughs> Trust me, you have to stop now. Um, it's kind of like watching someone with their fantasy baseball team. It's like, yeah. you know what? The scores are going to come in whether you watch them or not. Just ch- check it tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be fine. You know, we, we've talked about Kickstarters and, and, and this Kickstarter um, in, in, the, in the broad sense, and people were like, um, what is the Kickstarter? So, <laughs> we, so we should probably tell people what – what the project is and uh, and and if they know you they um they know you've been working on it for a while this actually, is this is not a new project it's funny because a lot of people who know my work in print had no idea that i'd been doing a web comic for two years mm-hmm. um but Dance i've been flies. i've been doing a, yeah, a web comic with uh rick burchett and um eric newsom for about two years called lady saber and the pirates of the ineffable ether and uh rolls right off the tongue it does well, you know. It, it is it, the title is of a type. It is, it is, it is meant to evoke a certain era, mm-hmm. um, and and hopefully it does because well, it's you've, the you've only got the, you, so. and you've got you've got the lady saber for short, yeah. and yeah. then it gets into a very you know flowery you know. It's like story. Star Wars Episode Four. There you go. Or yes. Yeah. yeah, we have we need the colon after you know this. <laughs> so oh, the, mm-hmm. the Kickstarter uh, was launched. 25 days ago now, and the goal of it was to raise the funds to print our first trade, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, the book's 192-page hardcover book. And we had waited and waited and waited uh, before launching the Kickstarter, not because we didn't have the material, because all the material already existed, but because we really wanted to make sure we did it properly. Um, we, we really wanted to run a responsible campaign. And so far, it's been wildly successful, um, far beyond anything any of us ex- uh, expected. Uh, I, I mean, I am dead sincere when I say that we were we spent that first week just sort of wandering around in a daze and bumping into things. I mean, we just had no clue. <laughs> Um, I mean, we reached our funding goal in under eight hours. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, oh. 
Well, that, that it's it's a weird thing, and, and we actually have um, we're live tweeting this because we're mm. we're all about the new uh, the new media, the, yeah. um, and and the new media now that now that podcasting is the old media. Pa- 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 right. Podcasting right. is is just ahead of newspapers. Uh, this uh, this is a question from uh, yeah, Dan. Fin- no, never. <laughs> You already I'm have to read that question. I'm looking at it right now, but no, never. See, never. we're 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 operating in 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 the now. Uh, uh, this is from Dan. Uh, it says, uh, "Did you worry about your Kickstarter absolutely blowing up, or were you adequately prepared for that?" Yeah, no, we, it, it, Rick and Eric and I do a weekly conference call, um, also on Wednesdays, incidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that the purpose of that call is to say, okay. You know, here's where we are on the schedule. Here's what's going on in the story. Do we have any notes? What do we need to discuss? Uh, have we had any problems? Blah, 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 right? And those calls got longer and longer and longer as the Kickstarter became closer and closer and closer. And we had had a call the week before we launched it where Rick and I were pretty much freaking out. We were like, oh, my God, nobody's going <laughs> to nobody's gonna back this thing. We're going to... I mean, this is going to be, you know, frankly, the best thing that would happen is that, you know, our worst case scenario was that we would back it by only five bucks. You know, like we needed. <laughs> yeah. We now you're losing money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was exactly it. We were, we were setting it at twenty seven five and I felt and, and that was not our initial. I mean, our initial we had tried to get the price down to below twenty thousand. Um, but we wanted the book to be a real quality volume. Yeah. We really wanted it to be a beautiful book that, you know, we're all book fetishists. Well, you know, I mean, the, 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 the actual series, it, it deserves that. It has a very, it's a very embellished feeling book, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not. It's not supposed to be printed on rag paper, you know, no, it's, I, I, and, 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 and that really was. Uh, I mean, that that really was a concern. You know, we wanted it to be a book that felt like it, it, it matched the material in the way that, you know, you pick up those beautiful IDW, like Terry and the Pirates volumes. Yeah, yeah. And those books are just, they're just beautiful books. And they 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 so clearly respect the source material. You know what I mean? You, you pick up a book like that and it's clear they love the material they're reprinting. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we finally, and it was like pulling teeth. I can't believe I, it's funny now because it's so far away, but that moment when I was like, you know what, I've run all the numbers again and again and again, and I'm looking at the price breakdown and we've got to ask for 27.5 guys, you know, and Rick's like, <laughs> I don't know. And Eric's like, sounds a little high. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Well, you know, if we don't make it, that's fine. Because we don't make it, and you're not obligated to anything. Worst case scenario is that we would clear it by like ten bucks, and we'd end up in the red on it. And and none of us are in a place financially where we can really afford that. Mm-hmm. So, so no, we we just we we'd have this call a week before the launch. Yeah, yeah. and then we launched on that Monday, and the next that that, that following Wednesday, we're on the phone, and Eric says, "So you guys remember that a week ago we were freaking out about what would happen if we didn't." <laughs> And now we're freaking out about what's happened that we have. Yeah, and a hundred thousand dollars later, and you know, and, and but but it's the it's it's the weird thing. I mean, we're having you on a because 
It's been forever since I talked to you, and I wanted to see yeah, how have, you're doing. Let's swing back around to cleaning country at some point, by the way. Absolutely, because I'm very um, um, curious. Um, but, just, I mean, just we because... We have to let David talk. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I, I have questions about the Punisher, so I will okay. be <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> but it's that. I mean, we had you on because you, we wanted... You, just, you don't stop with a Kickstarter. You keep going and pushing because it gets better and better and better as you go, and you... You guys have, um, whenever this comes out, you'll have four days left. So we've got the whole weekend and, uh, and, and into the next week, you know, for a day or so. Um, so this is a chance for anyone who hasn't gotten in, uh, on this Kickstarter to A, check out the webcomic, which I, I love the model of being able to go and s- actually see and read what you are buying and then get it in print. I think, yeah. I think webcomics to, to collected Kickstarter, um, projects are awesome it, it is so now, perfect I have, I have a quick now have you guys has anybody looked at the the support for the kickstarter and and have you thought maybe that uh, do you know if these are people who have been reading the comic do they just like your work and want it in print do they like the packaging is i'm, I'm I love web comics, but I don't know. I see a lot of people who go, "Yeah, I, I, I'll read some web comics, but I really wait for them to be collected." It's interesting. Um, there, there's clearly been uh, a, a large, well, a, a portion of the support. I really don't know how much has come from the web comic directly. Right. Um, there is. Um, a backer report function where you can, uh, or, or a dashboard where you can look, and I, I can look and, and see right now uh, this pie chart that tells me like where where people came to the Kickstarter from, right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And of of right now, the breakdown is roughly forty percent has come from within the Kickstarter interface itself. Sure. So that's people who maybe knew about it but came to Kickstarter and searched for it that way. And then 60% is from external sources, meaning our websites, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, forums. And and actually, Twitter um, is the largest uh, or the second largest uh, of our external referrers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when, when you're lucky enough to get. Warren Ellis and Brian Bendis and Felicia Day all saying, oh, hey, there's the Kickstarter. <laughs> hey, I retweeted it. And Chris Mason. Not quite there with Warren Ellis, but at not, least like three. Like three. I can tell you I got like three people to do like the digital only. Hey, man, you know, <laughs> everybody's welcome. <laughs> we are not about to. We're not about to look askance. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the whole thing about crowdsourcing, though, is that it is every little bit helps. And then you get the, you know, the big, the big pushes from from people that, you know, that have a, a very respected, um, you know, following behind them. And that's that's what it's about. It's what makes it so neat. No, it's it's been remarkable. Um, and it's interesting too the people who clearly have come to the project not knowing anything about the webcomic, um, who came because of uh, you know interactions with other Kickstarter projects, or simply word of mouth, or because of you know they they were searching through comics and they found it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm. 
there were a lot of people, I think, who had no idea that we had this webcomic. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, hopefully one of the things the Kickstarter will succeed in doing is bringing more people to the actual webcomic. You know, um, it, it was it was kind of interesting. I, I, you probably don't remember, but uh, it was uh, New York Comic Con, and I'm going to say it was you know two years ago. You've been doing this for about two years. Yeah, it was the last last one I was at was I okay. think 2010. So yeah, this uh, me too. And uh, and you were walking down the aisle, and I was like, oh hey. How you doing? And and yeah. and we bumped into each other, and 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 we're talking. I was like, hey, you know, love love what's going on with the web comments. You know, it's kind of neat. And you were just like, yeah, but it is. You were a little bit, you know, fish out of water. You're like, it's it's not it's not the uh, the fan base that I've been working with. It's it's a it's a it's it's the same it's the same you know medium but it's it's different the delivery system is different and i'm finding out that there's a whole different fan base and and you look to me it's like and at some point we got to figure out how to monetize the the sucker and yeah. and and you don't you don't quite know how to do that and this is pre-kickstarter and and that kind of seemed to be a, a puzzle piece that that snapped into place and and you obviously were passionate about it and it was a story that you loved to be telling but it was just like yeah it's neat i don't know what it is beyond on that. Yeah. Well, and frankly, I'm not sure that this is the answer to the monetization question. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody just ask, I think, uh, in the comics and se- the comments section on, on on the Kickstarter. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, um, gentleman named Paul Justice asked, uh, "How much of the money is going towards the web comic?" I noticed in your cost breakdown that you don't specify how much money you guys are getting from the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and I want to know what's going towards the comic and you guys after material costs. And I don't have an answer. I, I genuinely don't. Oh, sure. As our costs, as the numbers have increased, right? The what we need to do for fulfillment has increased. Yeah. And while I believe we're still in budget, I've got no idea how much will be left over. And honest mm-hmm. to God, you know, Kickstarter is going to take five percent. Visa or all credit card processing is going to take five percent. I did it through. I did it through Amazon. I'm sure they're getting their piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amazon, yeah. Kickstarter are the same, right? Oh, okay. Um, I'm told that three to five percent of your backers actually drop out uh, because credit card payments fail or oh, they wow. cancel or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's going to be taxes, and God knows what the taxes are going to be on this. <laughs> um, and then everything else has to go to fulfillment. And if there is anything left over after that, it will, you know, Rick, Eric, and I will evaluate it as to where does this money need to go? Like right now, where does it need to go? Are there any other fees? Is there anything the website needs? Is there anything that we're going to be that we need to pour this directly back into? And only after that are we going to be able to look at what's left and go, okay, now we can buy this three ways. When do you buy your yacht? Yes, this is there's no yacht here. The, oh, the, what oh. I really want, and it's our next stretch goal, and, and and we argued Rick really didn't want us to do this. Um, but our next stretch goal is getting Rick a new computer and a Cintiq. And that, to me, is directly going into the webcomic because he's working sure. on a machine that runs on diesel. <laughs> uh, and I know for a fact the tablet he's using is a tiny one. And the reason I know that for a fact is it's the one I gave him. Oh, shit. Um, and if we can get him 
you know, a, a nice top of the line machine and a Cintiq, his workflow is going to increase so dramatically. Yeah. And, and, and not only for Lady Saber, but across the board, you know, he, his work will benefit from that. So that's a direct investment. Um, and I don't view that as, you know, here, buy yourself a little something, kid. You know, that to me is like, okay, this is, there's a reason for this. Well, you know, paint, painter's got to buy his brushes, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, to make the painting, you got to have, exactly. you, you got to have your materials. And you got to have a sharpener for the pencil, and mm-hmm. you got to have the paper to draw on. So, cool. um, but God, man, it's just, it's, it's a, such an insane process. I mean, I, I really. I have just, you enjoy, Have you enjoyed it, though? I, uh, it's funny, Jen. You know, Jen turned to me within the first week and she said, okay, you kind of have to take a moment and appreciate it. And I I tried. And I think I've had moments where I I have been able to not sort of panic and Mm -hmm. freak out. Mm -hmm. And and those moments are in their own way uh, almost more uncomfortable for me because (laughs) they are so – it's such – an overwhelming endorsement uh, in so many ways. And, and you know, most of us, you know, writers, we, we work alone. Mm-hmm. And my last five years professionally, uh, you know, there's not been a whole lot of material coming out. And I felt very much like I've been struggling with my work. And I've had to, you know, if you read Alpha, Alpha as a narrative is a very different style of writing. Than all my other novels, I've never written in that fashion. It's a very different kind of book. So, you know, I was sort of feeling like I was rediscovering myself, and uh, to 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 have this kind of support is really overwhelming. And I know for a fact that you know Eric and and Rick are feeling it too. You know, Rick was was saying that he really feels it's the first time in his career that his he, he's getting um how did he put it that he's getting recognition for the work he does mm-hmm. and the way he does it you know and and my response i said well you know you you've got a couple eisners you know and he said yeah but i won those for drawing like bruce tim <laughs> and yeah that's that that's rick i do not think that's true well, I mean that 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 for an artist and or a you know I say artist, but for a creative to be recognized for something that you are passionate about, I don't think that there is a a better place that you can be. And and we all we all do things in our careers because you know what? There's a car payment due, and yeah. you got to pay the mortgage. You got to put you know food on the table for your kids and that kind of stuff. Um, but to be recognized and supported. And, and wowed for something that you're doing that you are creatively passionate about. That's that's I think what every creative strives for. And it is it is. I mean, it is so. I, I, I you know, you, you run out of you run out of ways to say that you're grateful. And well, you, you guys have not because your damn stretch goals have gotten to the ridiculous standpoint. You guys, <laughs> the stretch goals that you guys are, it's like, and we're going to send a pirate to your house <laughs> to read the book to you in person. It's your, your stretch goals have gotten ridiculous. And uh, they're, I don't, so. 
oh, they're cool. Well, I mean, okay, go. You know the stretch goals better than I do. What are some of the the, the kind of cool things that that you guys well, have been able to to include? Right now, you've got. We started with the one book, right, mm-hmm. which was the trade, and that's uh, 192 pages. You get the first five chapters, and then you get some bonus uh, original sort of world building content, and we've got. I think at this point, 10 or 11 pinups from some really awesome artists. Yeah. Michael Waven um, Oming and, yeah, and um, Kyle Latino, who's an old yeah. old buddy of ours. Yeah, uh, Kyle Latino, Steph Buscema, Nicholas Scott, Michael Art, Cully Hamner, uh, Chris Schweitzer, uh, a wonderfully talented young lady named Bethany Westmoreland, um, Scott Wegener. Uh, Matthew Clark. Who else did I? I'm forgetting. I know I'm going <laughs> to skip at least one or two. Um, a lot of awesome. Artists. Yeah. So and so that's that's what you get in the trade, right? And that's a hardcover, you know, hardbound. And then the first stretch goal was we had we had wanted to do this ephemera piece that would be a little, you know, sort of like pocket moleskin sized book that would be called the Pocket Guide to the Sphere, written by a character. Uh, who exists in in our world uh, as an ancillary character, <clears throat> who's a, a journalist muckraker named Edwin Winshear. <laughs> and the and the idea behind that is that you know, it's a little book and it's got little essays about our world and it'll have drawings and maps and things like that. And we we you know I love stuff like that. So like I said, all, you all are crazy. Yeah, well, come on, that's cool. <laughs> So it's like, very cool, but you you guys are creating so much work and so much benefit. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It gets better. So then when we do this, if you go to the website, right, each time we run a screen, we run my script beneath it. Mm-hmm. We could not include the scripts in the trade because if we did that, the trade would have ended up at about 350 pages, and that would have been prohibitively expensive. Sure. So – we had thought, okay, well, if we get at this stretch goal, we'll be able to uh, we'll, we'll be able to print a script book, and we had the stretch goal. So we're now there's now a third book that is called the Annotated Process of Lady Saber. It contains the scripts for the first five chapters. It's going to have my annotations on those scripts, Eric's annotations on those scripts, Rick's annotations on those scripts, Rick's designs, Eric's designs, and all sorts of back end material. That's 128 pages right now. Um, we had known from the start that we wanted to do paper dolls, uh, because again, it seemed to fit in the style of, of the comic. We wanted to do a lady saber paper doll set. So that was actually our very first stretch goal. You get with the book, you, you will get these two sheets and you can do paper dolls and you get all the digital stuff. So you can print it out as many times as you want. Then what was the one, what came next? Oh my gosh. Let me check. <laughs> Let me check. Let me go back. You know, several you right, know, tens of thousands book, of hours ago. Book for all, we went back. We, we we had raised enough money that we could then go back to the printer and we could say, "All right, we want to increase the quality of the book." So at every edition of the book, um, the main trade it's got a thicker cover. The end papers are going to be a much higher quality, and they're going to print in color. Um, we are going to uh, we raised the interior paper stock. So it's just in general, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an even better book. Then the next stretch goal was uh, the cartographer's craft. There's a gentleman by the name of Sterling Hershey who I met, I was introduced to by uh, Eric Troutman, who uh, I've known for several years and who I've worked, you know, again, Checkmate and other projects. He edited me on, um, on the two Perfect Dark novels I wrote. 
uh, he put me in touch with Sterling. Sterling, who is, I guess, an architect in real life, also <laughs> does maps, and he does maps. He's been doing maps for uh, role-playing games, like That's deck cool. plans and stuff like that. And when I was writing the novel Alpha, I needed a map of this theme park. So Sterling and I had a couple conversations, and, and basically I hired him to create a map for me. Sterling is now going to uh, create basically the atlas map of the known sphere, which is the world that mm -hmm. our story takes place in. He's also going to go back to uh, two maps that have actually appeared in the series, and he's going to give them professional treatment so they won't look like what they are, which is crappy maps that Greg made in Photoshop. <laughs> and instead they'll look like really awesome maps. And then the next goal, which we have not yet hit, is uh, Rick 2.0. This is getting Rick a whole new workstation set up. Nice. And then the last stretch goal is deck plans of HMS Pegasus, of Lady Saber's ship. And Sterling is going to do these. And uh, if, if, you we, have, if you have cutaways, I'll applaud. Cutaways. Right now we're going to do a minimum of four. Oh. Four seats, but ideally we'll be able to go as high as eight. The the light, the, light, the fourteen year old nerd in me just started clapping and mm -hmm. jumping up and down. Yeah, <laughs> that's if awesome. If we can do this, if if the money is there, if we can do this, the way I want to do them is Sterling will do the maps, and then we'll bind them, sort of, I guess a gum binding, and and fold them so they'll have sort of the trifold. Um old ship plan feel to them. You know mm. what I mean? So you'll get them. They will actually have come all together instead of being separate sheets. And you could separate them if you wanted, but you could just as easily like tuck it into the book. Um, <laughs> and if that's possible, then, you know, depending on how much we clear, we may actually be able to go back to the actual trade. I don't know how much this would cost. We haven't priced it yet. But actually go back to the actual trade and put a pocket in the uh, back of the book For the, to hold yeah. the deck plans. Neat. Um, Very and, cool. And that would be, I think, man, that would just be so sweet. So, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, what is fascinating to me is that, you know, you you have – You've written a lot of comics. You are a novelist. You've had you, you've had stuff that that you've written has been adapted to movies and actually made into you know into movies. It's in and now here you are in web comics. Um, you know how how cool is it to kind of and, and I'm I, or how conscious is it? Not you know not how cool. It's like you go from 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 this to this to this and have crossed so many different you know kind of you know islands in 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 the 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 writers um you know path there um that's you know it's 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 pretty it's it's pretty neat i mean how conscious has that been or has it just kind of happened you just see an opening and you go into it well i i tend to follow stories to medium rather than medium to stories. So, you know, I've been, I've been really fortunate. I, I've just been, I've been remarkably fortunate. I started in novels. Um, I had always wanted to do comics. I had, you know, I, I, I was able to enter into, into comics successfully. 
Um, you know, thus far, other adaptations of work, you know, I, I've been mostly hands off on. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've always, I, I got some advice very early on in my career that I thought was very good advice, which was you, you need to, what, what you can't, there are so many things you can't control, but what you need to focus on is your craft. You know, you master your craft. That is, that is what you need to be working towards every day. That's what you work towards. And my, I don't tend to think of my craft as writing. I tend to think of my craft as storytelling. Okay. Um, and in that, I tried to learn the different techniques and medium for telling story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and nowadays when, when I tend to get an idea, the idea tends to suggest its medium. Um, I don't sit there and go, you know, what? I'd, I'd really like to write a screenplay. Uh, do I have any screenplay ideas? What tends to have, <laughs> oh, I had this idea. This would be a great screenplay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I was talking to my daughter a week and a half ago, and, you know, I've got notes now for a stage play. Uh, I don't know if I'll actually write it, but I want to. That is cool. That's that's well, awesome. If, if it is successful. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, and we and we probably do need to let, uh, to let David ask a question uh, or two here. Or, so I'm, I'm going to bring it back to... Uh, um, Play now. We were going to let David play, uh, and um, I'll, I'll uh, you know, open the door and 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 leave with this question. Um, one of the one of the guys that I've I've talked to in comics that is a huge fan of yours, and I've not had a chance to talk to him in a long time, um, but is a guy that that I know that you have a lot of respect for. Um, do you um, still stay in touch uh, with Denny O'Neill? I haven't had a chance to talk to Denny in quite a while, actually. He was at Emerald City, and I did not know he was there until literally I was leaving. Um, and I, he and I, the last time we spoke was when we worked on that issue of the question. Um, when was, and that was for our final crisis. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, it was odd, actually. It was an odd experience because it was so clearly us trying to work on this material that was really personal to each of us mm-hmm. in a crucible and environment that was very difficult um, <laughs> because stuff was flying around during during Final Crisis like nuts. It was, you know, notes were coming in from every side and it, it, it made it very challenging. Sure. And I don't think we've... I honestly had a chance to connect since then. I know that, you know, I mean, it was very bruising um, when he left D.C. Uh, and Bob Shrek came into the back group. That was not not an easy transition for anybody. Sure. sure. Um, and honestly, I think there's a lot of there's There's still there's still some wounds there. Oh, um, and there, there. I mean, that's you know, he that was his home for for a yeah. long time. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't his first rodeo, but I mean, that's where I mean, that's what he's going to be known for, you know. But I, you know, I I was lucky enough to to um, to talk with him, you know, interview him. Um, gosh, and it's been it's probably been five years ago, four years ago, and um, um, he he lit up at one point in that interview and that's whenever i mentioned you and uh and and i could almost picture him leaning into the microphone he says oh he writes he writes wonderful comics but have you read his novels 
<laughs> and it just there was um there was almost like this father's pride that, oh, that I, you that you could I, feel from I him. Mean, I, I have to I have to be honest and, and when all is said and done, um I have had the fortune of uh, of having some really wonderful teachers along the way. Mm-hmm. But there's an old cop uh saying uh you know that, that when when a rookie comes in, they'll, they'll talk about the the older, the older uh, cop who sort of takes them under their wing, and they'll refer to that that cop as their rabbi. Right? They'll say, you know, X was my rabbi when I came on the job, and Denny O'Neill is my rabbi, um, and he is always going to be my rabbi. <laughs> That's um, awesome. I learned more from him in the first six weeks of knowing him. Uh, about comics, comic book storytelling, uh, than you know, I had learned in, in 24, 25, 26 years of life prior. Um, he, it, I, I hope, I hope for him that his retirement is a happy and blissful one. You know, because he has earned nothing but. But he deserves right it. Now. He oh, is. Yeah. He is just. There are a lot of people I respect in the in, in in the industry and in the medium and and, and frankly as writers, um, there are very few I respect as much as I respect Denny. I know uh, one one of the one of the really cool um, uh, parts of the conversation we have is when we were talking about the question, and he he talked about about Ditko and 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 that. You know that kind of whole. You know he didn't have a really a relationship with Ditko. He had a relationship with Ditko's characters, and that you could you could tell that there was this this feeling of you know I hope I treated those characters okay because they are I think like politically and 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 socially at, at very different ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but you could still, I mean, Denny O'Neill is, I, I, I see him very much as, as a social Democrat, which, mm-hmm. you know, which Ditko is not a social Democrat. You know, he's very Randy. No, and Denny, Denny is, Denny is quite liberal. Yeah. And you know, if you look at the political, the political spectrum of, of, you know, those two questions, yeah. Um, you're going to get, you're going to get a very different, you know, it's, it's a very different, Interpretation. And I understand yeah. actually. Mi- Mi- Mr. A is not Denny's question. You know, not at all. no. But you know, but hmm. but he had, but he had, but he had this amazing respect for Ditko, and exactly. and, and it was just like you know, this these are the stories that 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 I wanted to tell, and this is what was in me, and it's this weird thing about, and, and I'm paraphrasing and, and, and going off on a tangent, it's this very weird thing about comics, is that you you tell your stories, which are wrapped up in these characters, but the original vision of the characters are, are made from different people, and, and, and Denny, while being, you know, telling his stories, was very conscious of, of the people that, that had come before him and made these characters, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing to walk. And 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 that is something I think that 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 respect is crucial. Oh, totally. And 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 can sometimes be very difficult to navigate when when you're working at the big two. Um, respect for the work that has come before is not high on anybody's priority list um, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and frankly, comics are a constantly evolving and, 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 and self-redefining medium as well. You know, we take, you know, I mean, th there's no better example <clears throat> than to look at the big two right now and compare both and, and compare what the characters look like now to what they look like five years ago, yeah. let alone 10 or 20. That's the nature of the medium. So trying to find a way to reinvent the wheel constantly, which in a great sense is what I think comics are, mainstream comics are mm -hmm. doing, uh, and, and managing to engage in that reinvention without, without taking a dump over everything that came before is, is a challenge. Um, and not one that, as I said, I think many people actually are, are concerned with trying to meet. It, uh, it's it's very it's very interesting because there's a there's a character that I know that you're very passionate about that I've I've had a chance to talk to to two other creators that it's it's the first time that I can remember that I've talked to three creators that are so different but so equally passionate about a character and that is that is you. And Gail Simone and Brian Azzarillo. Uh -huh. And all three of you have this crazy passion for Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And it is it is different in every case, but it is so from the heart. And it is so neat. Um, uh, I've talked to probably you and Brian more than, than Gail. Gail was almost in passing at a convention, but just the absolute passion that all three of you have for that character. But it's, 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 it's a different interpretation, but it, it all comes from the same place. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't write these characters well and not not be passionate about them uh, I, I really do believe that and I, I tend to get it's one of the things I find actually really frustrating with New York publishing because there's a sense of uh, assumed irony you know that nobody wants to be caught caring too much about anything <laughs> and and certainly superhero comics particularly these are morality tales they're, they're passion tales and if a creator's passion is not evident in the work, it that's that's visible. You know, if if you if you can't tell, you know, that that the work matters to to the person writing it, why the hell should you be invested? Yeah. Um it, it is it is it is vital and and I think you know, if you ever listen to any time you hear Bendis interviewed he is like a kid in his enthusiasm for whatever he's doing. And I honestly think that that translates to his work every time. He is eager. You picture him, you know, like, like, you know, like a hunting dog on a leash straining to get to the keyboard. You know what I mean? And you can't buy that kind of – you cannot buy that kind of commitment. And, and, I, I've, and I, I've, give, I've given I've given him a hard time notoriously over the last, the last few years, true. and it's and it's yeah true. I've given him well, it's, but 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 the but, but the passion Chris, is there. But, I know the passion is well, there. Well, that's the point, Chris. The, it is regardless of whether or not you engage with the work. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Your relationship to the work is different. But you never I, I will I will I I will argue to my dying day that you you're never gonna convince me Brian Bendis has ever phoned anything in. And that's that, not, that I'm I'm starting to come to that realization and you, you know, will, like what he does in the mm-hmm. same way that, you know, I know there are people who hate my work, mm-hmm. but I, I would hope that they you know, they at least grant me the the commitment, you know, and 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 and, and that I gave it my best yeah. at every turn. Yeah, I know. Ne- I never once thought that he didn't care, um, and he never he never punched his ticket to Hollywood. He never he never he never took the the L A. you know route. He, he's he's passionate about what what he writes, and and you're right. I mean, there are people that um, um, that didn't like your take on on wonder woman or may not have liked your push punisher but whenever you read them you know that you're vested in them you know you are you're not you're not just hacking something out so yeah. and that's my opening for david to ask a question so i so i can go <laughs> I, i'm gonna that's i'm gonna great. i'm gonna yeah, go fresh up my drink back to it oh <laughs> uh, uh i just um it was I, I know that we have a lot of people who listen to this show, visit the forums, and I mean, and I was, I was a huge fan of Garth's run, and it it worked in that setting. It was it was it was a Max title or Marvel Knights initially, and and it worked, and and you brought Frank back into the Marvel universe. Was that were you approached, or did you want oh, no, to do those, that? Those were my orders. Those okay. My, that, was, that was the job that, that, that Steve Wacker came to me with. He, he called me up and he said, um, so what do you think about the punishment? I said, uh, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and he said, well, it gets better. We're thinking about, you know, he's in the 616. And I said, okay, now you're entirely out of your mind. <laughs> I, because my feeling honestly was that, you know, the work that has been done on Frank in the last 10, 15 years is, and, and all other Writers, uh, notwithstanding, and you know, and Jason Aaron and Matt Fraction and Rick Remender, you know, everybody. But the 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 run Modern Punisher is defined by Garth Ennis, and you yeah, you're never going to escape that. And the idea of taking a Punisher that had been so well articulated by Garth and potentially um, sedating him. By bringing him into the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. I was just like, "That's that's are you are you daft?" I mean, I was really like, "How can anybody think this is a good idea?" And you know, Steve wouldn't take no for an answer. He kept coming back and coming back and coming back, and 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 he kept asking me um, the right question. I think you know that that. So he would leave me with, "Okay, well, why this?" And then he would walk off, and I'd be like, "Oh, I hate you." <laughs> you know, but now, now I'm thinking about it. God damn it! Um, and the big one that I went to him with, you know, was you have an, an immediate and initial problem because Frank is believable in the Max, and he's not believable in Marvel U because everybody else is in Marvel U, and you cannot convince me that if Captain America knows what he's doing, Captain America is going to permit it. Mm-hmm. And that's the elephant in the room that has always existed in in, in with Frank in 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 the Marvel universe. 
the elephant in the room is why are they letting him do this? Right. Um, and so he, you know, I mean, Steve being Steve, he said, well, why are they letting him do this? Because <laughs> clearly they are. Um, because one cannot, you know, if, if you are, if you are going to invest in the work, you can't say, well, they're letting him do it because editorial told them to, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's not a valid answer. You have to, you have to come up with something. Yeah. And that was sort of, that was sort of my entry. Um, that was when I, I found myself really reevaluating a character that I had frankly always thought was incredibly shallow uh, and very much one note and very much a character that you were, there were only a certain, there were only a certain number of stories you could tell with him because the stories all have to end a certain way. Right. And never mind the fact that if you put me into the Marvel Universe, the, the first question is, why are they letting him do this? And the second question is, why hasn't he shot Magneto in the head? <laughs> <laughs> and, and if the answer is because, you know, Magneto magnetism, it's like, fine. Why hasn't he used the howitzer? Uh, why yeah. hasn't he poisoned? He's Frank Castle. Why is he permitting this? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I mean, you're you're such a you're such an operations um, uh, author you know you you write great ops you know and we'll get to queen and country so punisher i mean it does make sense i mean he's a he's a military you know strategist yeah i mean look well uh, yes yes i mean, <laughs> I mean see i mean uh, uh, david did, did that answer the question i i'm i'm not sure it, no it, no no it, you uh, did no it 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 um i mean i, I it's, it's i there are times where I'm curious to know, you know, how the story came about or where, where, where to stem from. But in this case, uh -huh. you know, it wasn't, we, we had, and you mentioned Aaron and Aaron's run was a great cap to, uh, to, to, to what, to what Garth did. It, it, it ended that version of Frank Castle. And if you're going to bring him back into the, and, and you know, to your credit, you didn't, because it was, it was Wacker. You 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 had the you had the crossover with Spidey and Daredevil because that's those are the street level heroes and that 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 that's who Wacker's in charge of. And but it wasn't right away. Even though you had Nora Winters and and you 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 as a as a Marvel comics reader and as someone who who's a fan of Spider Man and Daredevil, I knew who the characters were that uh, that that Frank and and Alves were dealing with and um and it really wasn't until until Warzone where he really did have to deal with 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 the Marvel heroes with the Avengers of all the characters and 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 even and even the conversations they have where you know of course you have Logan who's like you know sometimes things just need to be done and it doesn't matter how they get done. You just look away so that they can get done. But yeah, you have Captain America who is curious to know if this is if this is an actual problem. And so does so is Iron Man. And and you know Thor is just a little bit over the top to take someone like Frank Castle out, mm. but he was still needed. And I mean, it just it that that the miniseries was a great end. I it I may have felt like it was a little premature because I didn't want it to end, but it. Um, I, I thought it absolutely made sense. I have not read. I found out 
just the other day because I'm I'm behind in a few titles. I did not know that the Punisher was part of the Thunderbolts, so I don't know if if uh, well, spoilers. I don't know if he gets pardoned. I don't know if he's escaped. I don't know. There is actually no explanation given. They started. <laughs> no, they started the Thunderbolts run before Warzone had ended. Okay. Um, and uh, and there's no acknowledgement whatsoever of my run at all, as far as I know. Um, Hope that'll change. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I mean, on one level, I would I would love to see it acknowledged because I think we did good work, and, mm-hmm. and I would like I would like to think that that work was, you know, is acknowledged and appreciated. Um, that said, there's no obligation whatsoever for them to square anything you know uh well, clearly- also make your run timeless in a sense where it's 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 its own it can be read at any time whether you know you don't need to know that this happened i mean granted that was actual peter parker spider-man in your run but mm-hmm. you don't need to know that frank is a member of thunderbolts while you're reading greg ruckus punisher yeah and and i and and i like to think that the this the story I, I believe we told a good story, mm-hmm. and I still, despite my advancing years, believe that a good story will stand. <laughs> you know, you old KG veteran, you. Yeah, that's me. I'm with how, how did you? How did you look out in, into getting Marco on the, the the artwork? Was phenomenal, wasn't it? Oh my god his 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 take with the with the longer hair and that damn that that the the the, the injured eye throughout most of the run with the whole, I actually there was someone walking around actually there were it was it was Chetto's Punisher complete with mm-hmm. the with with the head wrap and 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 the eye huh? cover and and there was a a redhead as uh, as Al as, as yeah. yeah it was I fantastic. saw those pictures and I was like that's awesome that was so awesome and, the highest uh, praise. I, I, you know, it's funny because there's been this whole other conversation that's emerged in the last, really come to the fore in the last 18 months about cosplay, and and some creators I think have not only put their foot in it, but then they put the <laughs> foot in their mouth. I can't think of a higher form of flattery than to have written something that somebody has enjoyed so much or or was inspired by so much that they actually took the time yeah to money, money and effort exactly yeah. to create their representation of the character i mean come on how can you not look at that and 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 think well good on you and and you do me honor yeah have have you have you experienced your uh, your first lady saber cosplayers yet I actually have. Um, uh, it was kind of a cheat because she was a friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, but she surprised me with it. Mm-hmm. She surprised me with it. I was at an uh, Emerald City last year, not this n- most recent one, but the year before. And uh, a, a friend of mine showed up on the floor in, in a very good Lady Sabre outfit, actually. It was very pretty nice. Awesome. That's, that's yeah. cool. That is cool. Um all right. So more Twitter questions. Do we? Do, yeah, do, you know. Um, and, and for the record, I am happy to talk about Frank till the cows come home. Right. I mean, questions there that that, that you want to ask uh, David in particular, please feel free. Well, um, this one is is from um, Superspell. 
Um, and uh, what contemporary authors is um, at Rucker Writer, which is your Twitter handle, if yeah. uh, people out there want to follow you on Twitter, um, what uh, contemporary authors are you feeling right now? Huh. Um, that's really broad. Uh, and I, and like we said, I mean your your web comics and and comics I'm, and I'm, novels. I've so reading, I've been reading all the Longmire novels um, by Craig Thompson. I think they're wonderful. Um, and but it's funny because I'm actually having to stop reading. Uh, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on a uh, a reading committee for one of the writers organizations I'm a member of. Mm-hmm. And I have to be circumspect about which committee and which organization. Um, no, I really do. <laughs> I really do. But um, so those books have started to arrive. Mm-hmm. And in the past, there have been upwards of 250 of these things. So I've got to sort of clear my decks to make sure that I can read them and also do the other things I need to do professionally. Um, comics, I am loving, and and it sounds like a crazy endorsement i mean in comics i feel much it's it's much easier for me to speak to i love what fraction is doing i think what's going on 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 hawkeye in particular is Mm -hmm. just i mean he and david aja are are, are just it is it it is if people are not buying this book i do not understand it that's a that's that's a good that's a good comics marriage and it has been since um iron fist i mean it's it, it is just stunning um, I am thoroughly enjoying what Kelly Sue DeConnick is doing. Um, well, staying in the household there, aren't we? Yeah, well, <laughs> well but, 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 but frankly, Chris, that's irrelevant. I mean, <laughs> I it, know. It, it, She's good. I, She's good. I, I, everything that um, I, I, I haven't liked Ghost as much, um, but I am loving her work. I, every issue of Atomic Robo that comes out, I'm there. I think what Clevenger does and what Wegener do. Mm-hmm. And what they have done since the start, the consistency is amazing. It's kind of like Savage Dragon esque in its in its long term consistency. I mean, they just they've been doing it for a long time now. Yeah, and I think they're starting to get the attention and credit they have deserved all that mm-hmm. time. Um, I uh, just finished a huge reread of all of Scott Snyder's uh, American Vampire stuff. I've been reading the Batman. That's good. But uh, but I, I had not read all of the American Vampire, and um, I think that's quite remarkably good. It doesn't hurt whenever you have Raphael Albuquerque and Sean Murphy and and those cats drawing your words, because no. boy, is that a pretty book? Yeah, and oh, and God, and, and I find it I, I find the heart of it compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am consistently engaged. I have been enjoying Jeff ha- Lemire. I How's have. It? Jumping back to novels, I'm trying to think what's sitting out. And I've been reading a lot of nonfiction too, mm-hmm. um, and I'm and I'm missing author names. Hold on a moment. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you hate the strong female character in American Vampire. <laughs> oh, you know, you know me. I just uh, <laughs> oh, women. You know, uh, I actually it's funny. I, I was writing the back matter for Lazarus. Um, number one, right, which will come out at the end of June uh, this this past week, and I was writing about you know the process how we got to the book, mm-hmm. and I hit a, a point where I was talking about you know so I had this image in my head, but I didn't know who the character was. I, I wasn't even seeing <clears throat> gender really, and then um, 
and and as I sort of began examining the ideas around it, the character resolved, and and I knew the character was 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 a woman. And I had I actually had a moment where I I, I said to myself, I said I said, oh oh good, it's it's another Rucka woman. This is. <laughs> I, no, hang on. This, this is there's there's a serious thing here, which is I've been asked the damn question so many times. I'm now second no. guessing myself, and I hate it. I resent the fact that I am now second guessing myself when I look to the stories I'm going to write, and I go, "Is this is this one woman too many?" And you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I write nice. these characters. I'm gonna write these characters. Mm-hmm. Don't have to read them. They certainly don't have to buy them. And if it turns out nobody wants to read or buy them, I will obviously not be able to make a living doing it anymore. But I have just, you know, I've been bounced around on that, especially with, you know, all the stuff that's gone on politically in the industry regarding gender stuff. And I have I've 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 had a belly full. It is. I'm going to write what I'm going to write. People can take it or not. And that's that. You you write what you want to write, and if it had been a long string of very uh, very strong male characters, no one would notice. Yeah, and so and, that, and that is exactly the thing. Yeah. It's it's like okay, so why is this of issue? Yeah, I'm trying to think what other contemporary authors. Hang on, um, I uh, just finished reading Jeff Abbott's The Last Minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I had. I haven't read yet. I'm going to be reading Kings of Midnight after I finish rereading Valdez is Coming. Uh, and I'm reading Valdez is Coming because <clears throat> I don't know why, but both myself and my literary agent, we were talking and we were like, hey, you know what? Let's read Valdez is Coming. We'll have a little book group. Um, I had been reading, I, when I finished up, I, I, I finished up the new novel, The Draft, about six weeks ago. And... Um, about the time I finished it up, I had picked up Elmore Leonard's uh, Ten Rules on Writing. Mm, cool. And it's a lovely little, you know, it's it's a little book. And it's a short, sweet, and to the point essay. And everything he says is gold. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm a big, I'm a huge soccer fan. Um, so, you know, I've been reading a book by a guy named David Goldblatt called The Ball is Round, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of a global history of, of the sport. Um, so that's, 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 that's the contemporary West, I guess. What, what's nice is that I remember, I think we were at, um, like Emerald City Con, like, like five, six years ago and had a chance to talk with you. And I asked you, it's like, do you read for pleasure? And you were at a point where you would, you weren't reading for pleasure. You were writing so much and were yeah. so busy with stuff. I think that you would. You know, I don't want to say that you had lost a passion for for reading. I don't. I just don't think you had time. That was that was the big thing, and I actually um, sort of made a resolution about about eighteen months ago that uh, I, I needed to block out reading time, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that if I did not do it, I was. If you want to write, you have to read. Yeah. The problem is, you also have to be able to separate what you're reading from what you're writing. So I find like when I'm, when I was writing Bravo Indigo, I could not read contemporary suspense. So, you know, at times like that, I go back to Rex Stout or I go to Patrick O'Brien, things that are so far and uh, away from the work that I'm actually doing. 
just to sort of, you know, I don't, I don't want to end up grabbing something and not realize I'm doing it. Sure, sure, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. As much as uh, an Anglophile as you are, and and I think that David will back me up on this, uh, a web comic that you might want to be checking out. If you have not read Corporate Skull, you need to read Corporate Skull. I haven't heard of it. It's hilarious. It is. Okay. Yes, so just jot down Corporate Skull and uh, and go check it out. I think that you will uh, um you you've not been um in Cube Land like like we have been. Yeah. But yeah. I think that you will enjoy the corporate humor of it. And it's it's very much a uh uh, a, a British comic. It's a it's a it's a Brit web comic and has a lot of that that culture um, woven into it. But it is uh, I think it's universally hilarious and a little dark, which I think you you will like as well. Awesome. Uh, uh, and speaking um, of of Anglophiles, we have to move on to my favorite subject. Um, uh, it's been a while, and I there I feel like there is a nice period at the end of what I'm calling Queen and Country Volume 1, that's like, you know what? I feel like I got, you know, I, there's a story there. I'm okay. I can walk away. If this is it, I I will be able to live with myself, Greg. So that's, you know, so feel feel okay about that. I can live if this is the end. <laughs> no I, know, I know that you wake up in the middle of the night and say, if I don't write any more of this, right. is Chris going to, going to be able to live? Yeah, this this sounds remarkably like you know you should feel free to date other people. <laughs> it, it sounds remarkably like that, and it sounds remarkably as sincere. Um, yes, you will be you you will be somewhat pleased then to hear that I, I was actually uh, I met with James Lucas Jones today, mm-hmm. and we were talking about uh, plans for Volume Two, and. Um, I had been bouncing a couple ideas around that I had been holding on to for a really long time. And, yeah, tell uh, me about it. And well, and, and our conversation <laughs> uh, resolved it. Um, cool. I was like, okay, right, I now know what this issue is. So there will be more. Um, mm-hmm. There will hopefully be volume two by summer of next year. Okay. So uh, you know. Hopefully that will that that will make it a little easier for you to sleep at night, sir. I'll I'll be I'll just have to start you know rereading stuff. Um, I'm gonna get my wife reading it because she is a hard hard sell on the comics. And by the way, Marta, I walked out you know um, whenever David was asking his Punisher question, I walked out and uh, and Marta says, "So you know how, how's it going?" I was like, "Oh, we're talking to Greg," and she's like, "Oh, does he know how much I miss him?" I was like, "You've never actually <laughs> met him, but I'll tell him." So Marta misses you. <laughs> Well, you tell her that I miss her too, and okay. I hope to actually get to see her uh, soon in person, so I can then properly miss her. We may actually be coming out to your uh, to your stomping grounds for a softball tournament, like a seven day yeah, softball you tournament. It, you said in August, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the date. So if you want to come out and uh, and watch some uh, some some hardcore women playing some softball, some hardcore thirty something women 
uh, trying some some serious softball. Some some serious serious. recreational C League uh, twelve inch softball. He's really selling it now. (laughs) It was it started off pretty high, but now it's the more you talk about it, the more it's like yeah, maybe I'll see some semi broken down thirty year old uh, women who (laughs) love to drink beer. Might be warm beer there. Yeah, there might you know. I like how how you're backpedaling away from it even as you walk towards it. Hey, you know we're we're gonna come out to Portland. We're gonna we're gonna drink some beers. We're gonna you know play. I'm the coach. I'm the coach of the team. It's so uh, it's so it's so it's like 14 girls and me. I feel um um uh, 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 an ama- well, I feel an amazing sense of responsibility to to lead these women to a to a a, a inconsequential softball championship somewhere. Sounds so awesome. It's gonna be a hoot. I've never been to Portland, and I hear it's an awesome town. I'm very proud of it. I like it here. So I love that show on IFC about it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you and everybody else. I know it's a funny. <laughs> show. It is fun. Um, I mean, I my my wife and I we we've thought about of places we'd like to go to, but there I don't how 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 frequent is is the rain. I just I don't I I, I worry oh. about the the the, the northwest. You know what? Chicago people don't get to complain about our rain. Well, I'm not in Chicago. I'm in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he's, New York he's... people don't get to complain about our rain either. You have humidity. I have humidity, but you know I fucking dealt with Sandy last few months ago, so I'm you know I think I okay, can complain so about a little bit of rain. Hey, we have seven months of winter, but <laughs> we don't we don't get we 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 don't get Sandy level, but yeah, it's wet, man. It's funny, but um, it's green though, right? Huh? It's gorgeous. Okay. You know, and our summers are are stunning. Um, we're about we're about a week and a half from genuinely seeing the last of the rain for about three months. Oh. Um, you know, we've had some nice weather lately, but it's been raining right. off and on. Um, do you go like seven? Do you go like seventy days of like sub? You know, freezing weather ever? No. Sold. Yeah. yeah never. Right. <laughs> Never. I'm in. <laughs> and the air is hopefully better than Southern, Southern California, which was oh, terrible. God, yes. Oh my God, the air was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when it gets hot in LA. It's just um, um nasty. It was, and you know, you're. I guess are you one of like the second generation comic guys there? You know, because I know like Valentino's been there since. You know, like um, Valentino came up after I, I I lived here. Actually, really, I moved here in '98. I was living in Eugene from '93 to '98, and then Jen and I moved up in the fall of '98. This is our fifteenth year. Oh wow! So I moved up here. Dark Horse was here. Mm-hmm. Um, Oni was starting. Um. One or two others, you know. Matt Wagner was here. Mignola had been here, but I think at that point he was he was getting ready to head to part south. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was starting to the comics community was really starting to grow here. So, so you're kind of your first generation Portland. Yeah, I mean, in, in in as much as I can claim that pedigree, yeah, we were here early on. Yeah, we were here because we we didn't move here because of comics. We moved here because we'd been living in Eugene and we didn't want to go back to California. Oh well, there you go. Because you're um you're Bay Area originally, right? Yeah, I'm actually from the Central Coast. I'm from Monterey. Okay, um, I, I was born in San Francisco, but I grew up on the Central Coast. Okay, and then I went uh, went back east for for college. Did my undergrad, uh, did my graduate work in L.A. and then moved up to Oregon. And we we have remained. 
and it's and it's still i mean it's that is that's kind of like the the comics hub town it's it's over the last you know from like 2000 on that's kind of been like this magnet area and it's you know you and bendis and mm-hmm. we mentioned valentino and you know fractions out there now and and you can go on and on and on you know so you know we in other parts of the country um imagine like a big comics convention like every saturday at someone's house you know, and it's funny, you would have thought that we would do that, but we're only really now starting to get any actually good conventions here. Um, I remember, you know, 10, 10 years ago, we back when Wizard was actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know, we, we were telling them, you need to do a damn show here, you moron. Yeah, you know, you, you, you don't have to fly people in. Right. And, Idiots. you know, so what did they do? They waited 10 years, and they did one this past year, and... It was not super well attended because um, <clears throat> there's an excellent show in Seattle that mm-hmm. has been there for several years now, Emerald City, and they were in direct competition with it. It was like, no, sorry, you're yeah. a day late and a dollar short. And now we've got a show, Rose City Comic Con, that's in the fall. Nice. Um, that that I think is going to become a big a big Portland thing too. And well, I then, really like the people who are doing that show. I think it's, it's going to be a good thing. Don't you have a really nice small press show? there in portland we have we have stumptown comics festival there you go yeah what now why is it stumptown um there are two different answers to that the first it's, one is it's named know, like, it's named after your comic exactly yeah, that, that's it no um <laughs> you know oregon oregon is huge was huge uh in lumber so at, at one point um you know there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of trees had to be felled to make the city that's one. But the other is there's a city ordinance that um, buildings are only supposed to be a certain height. And Portland is uh, divided by the Willamette River running north-south. And when you look to downtown, which is on the west side of the river, all the buildings are at a certain height. And they do not go any higher. And it does give the appearance of stumps. Oh, okay. So there you go. Well, I've heard also City of Roses. Ro- yeah. Rose City? Rose City? Yes. Rose City, the city of roses. The climate is conducive for roses. We have a rose festival. Oh, Renee might be sold at that then. Yeah, I got to tell you, we grow some <laughs> of the most beautiful roses in the world here. We're also known as Bridge City because there's an inordinate number of bridges used for crossing the aforementioned river. And it is not a coastal town. It is a river city. It is a river city. You're about an hour and a half, two hours from uh, the Pacific. Okay. Nice. It's and you're I'm. About- an hour, hour and a half away from really good skiing up on Mount Hood and, and all that. Well, what what got me is that I've heard it is a awesome food town. I've even heard... better, even better, Chris. It's huh? an awesome beer town. Yeah, you know that's 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 a hard sell because there are so many good beer towns in in the U.S. Not, now. Not. Not like Portland. <laughs> you people in your Cascadia hops. You got it. I know. It's the black IPAs up there are amazing. And uh that that is certainly the the yeah, the whole artisanal movement, you know, from, from food and beer and in different, you know, liquor and every it's 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 awesome. I love it. And it's um you know, thank God it's it's making its way uh, across the country I've, i feel you know i've and i talked to my wife about it she's much much more traveled than i am um it is really cool that um especially in urban areas that we're starting to be uh, a much more european 
feeling country. There is this this real appreciation for stuff for for the quality handcrafted. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because one of the appeals that Portland always held to me when when we first met, moved up here was that it was to me one of the most European feeling American cities I'd ever been in, mm-hmm. um, and and that held an enormous appeal. I was talking to uh, there was there was uh, actually an academic conference here in town this past week on comics um, hosted by uh, Professor Ben Saunders out of the University of Oregon, who's been teaching like high level critical comic stuff and and not and 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 managing to do it without divorcing or demeaning the pleasure of comics you know mm-hmm. um and we had people from all over the world came to this and and I was talking to a fellow from from London and 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 we were talking about Portland I said actually you know um, one of the appeals of Portland to me was it was the most like London I had found that wasn't um, it lacks, it obviously lacks the history of any European city, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, but it's a frontier town. Is, yeah. Yeah. But, but I love that. You know, I love that you can still, you still get a whiff of the cowboy here. So, and yeah, and you can't, you can't get that at, you know, in cities that have been there for hundreds and hundreds of, you know, uh, of years. And, you know, it's one of the things that I, you know, I love about Chicago, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a well-guarded secret that I'm very proud of my city. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, there's this Chicago pride that you get, um, you know, and, and I think that anyone that, that is proud of their city, you know, their, their heart kind of swells with, with the things that you're very good at and, and history is part of it. But, but also this, you know, look towards the future. And I think it's the cities that, that embrace their past, but at the same time are, are very ready to, um, to go on to what is the next chapter and say, okay, what is the next thing that we can, that we can kind of, you know, plant our flag. And, uh, you know, I look at Portland and I I talk to a bunch of, uh, you know, I talk to, you know, I I talk a lot um, to, to friends. And it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a big comics town. And they're like, what? I was just like, yeah, it's amazing. It's, you know, all these people have kind of congregated. And I think it's really neat that, you know, 10 and 20 and 30 years from now, people are going to look back on Portland as being this, this awesome comics mecca. And it's, you know, is it, is it to be part of that? I mean, are you, are you guys conscious out there that you're like part of this thing that's probably going to be looked back on within the industry as, as, as kind of historically relevant? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I, it was funny because I hadn't, it, it, you're, you're the second person to mention that in, in the last, you know, five, six days, Chris Roberson, uh, was at this conference, you know, and, and, and he was talking about Portland as sort of, you know, the, the comics place to be. And I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I keep my head down and I do my work and I think I sort of missed it that all these people showed up and, and that so many people are producing work here. You know, um, yeah, well, you know, I talked to I talked to you know, Azarillo and Tony Akins and you know and and Jill Thompson and and Gene Ha and some of those folks that Andrew Peepoy, 
that were here in Chicago in the 80s and where you had like, you know, Kamiko and First and, um, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave out some, um, some of the, the publishers, but like indie comics, like the independent comics industry was like centralized in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they were just, doing their job they were just making comics and they knew it was cool but i don't think that they realized like the the significance of it at the time and it was fleeting and by the time that the image boom came and moved everything out west for you know what's kind of like led into the you know the berkeley and and then and then portland scene you know it was gone and you know it's it's you know, embrace that. I guess what I'm saying is embrace that. Understand that that it might be fleeting because you know we had something here before I ever got to Chicago, and then it was gone. You know, I I've always um, I know it doesn't it, it does not seem possible, but um, I think like most writers, I'm actually terribly shy, and I don't actually you know I just I don't get out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got two kids, and they are only now really entering uh, an age that that is allowing Jen and I to uh, to sort of go back out in the world um, in a way that we just we just have not been able to. Um, it's been actually really pleasant because one of the things that's happened, you know, I've always been close to certain people in town. You know, uh, the Oni crew. Um, James Lucas Jones, in particular, is one of my dearest friends. Matthew Clark and I have a friendship that's now going back almost 15 years. Um, getting to spend more time with uh, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction has been a real delight. Um, that has really been a, a genuine delight um, and something that I am uh, I'm very grateful for. Um, there aren't, you know, you can, you can be alone in a crowd and it's, it's nice to feel that I'm now moving into a place in my life where I get to sort of emerge a little bit from the, from the shell we've been living in. That's, that's awesome. I mean, you have, you have a community there and it's, you know, it's, I think that we can, we can kind of get sucked in by our, by our computer screens a lot Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, you know what's the the trending topic on on Twitter, or you know how, you know how many you know how many pledges do I have on my Kickstarter? Uh, and then you're just like, okay, turn around and look out the window, and there's like this amazing community behind you, and that's there's like this virtual community, but there's there's very much a physical community that you know I hope that you know the people that have it there, and it's here in Chicago, and it's there in New York, and and in Portland that people you know it's like you know what every once in a while you need to go out and have a beer with somebody yeah yeah and i've been actually very bad about that i spent much of the last couple of years uh not interacting with anybody mm-hmm. um and sort of being in my own very dark hole <laughs> and it's only really been since january that i started to i think come back into the world and um and 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 and, and finally have recovered from the damage done yeah uh, but i i had i you know i'll be Honest, I had a couple really, really dark years there for a while, and 2012 was a particularly cruel year. Um, it, it was not a good year from from front to back for me. Um, 
you know, uh, both personally and professionally. Um, so it's nice to actually finally feel like, hey, look, sunlight again. You you sound um, well. The last time I the last time I talked with you is like, wow, he feels really intense. And yeah, that's... I was carrying an awful lot. Oh yeah, I was I was I was I was carting an awful lot of, of baggage, um, and I think I finally managed to shed uh, a lot of it. Thankfully, that's. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> if, <laughs> so am I. I. You know, you're you're always. I mean, you you are a very, you've always been a, vil- a very intense person. As long as I've known you, you're very um, uh, measured, and you you are on a path. You know, you have maybe multiple te- paths at the same time. You know, it's just like th- this is a guy who's always working on a lot of different things at a lot of different times, and you know, a lot of irons in the fire. But yeah, the last time the last time I saw you, it's like wow, he. Is um, you know I think of the the line out of um, you know out of the uh, the the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings is like you know uh, butter that's been uh, spread too thin over toast and yeah. sometimes yeah, I've, you... been, I've been brittle I've been I, yeah. I was I was in a real brittle place for a long time yeah but um, uh, you seem you seem happier now like and okay. it's, yeah right. and that's Absolutely. cool that's cool. Um, you know, we've, we've mentioned, we've mentioned Jen a couple times tonight. Um, yeah. hopeless savages anymore. Um, it's kind of my, my you secondary. Have not, and you have not been paying attention. So I, yes. And in fact, Meredith McLaren is mm-hmm. drawing, uh, hopeless savages four, which is called break. Um, and, and I have seen the arts and I have seen the words and I do not think that they have a date. Uh, for release yet, but it's going to be its own OGN, and it's going to be awesome. That's um, fantastic. It's been a long time coming, and actually, Jen's uh, noting out actually the next one as well. So it was more so. Is coming. I I wish I had had a camera. I was at uh, mm-hmm. a social distortion show like a year and a half ago, and there was this total punk rock couple that had probably a six-year-old a 10-year-old and a two-year-old with them and mm-hmm. and it was just like i was looking at it's like that's the hopeless savages and i so wanted to take a picture and send it to jen because it was just like this is her comic that has come to life it is just like this is like <laughs> a snapshot of that family and it was just they were so punk rock but you could tell that it was just like the best family ever and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was fantastic. And I was all looked at Marta and she was just like, what are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have to, um, there was, uh, Jen and I were, we, we, we were tweeting a couple of weeks ago and it, 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 it's what caused us to, um, record this week with you, Greg, and not last mm-hmm. week. And that was, yeah. the, and, and I, cause I mentioned oh, it. And, um, and actually, David, that reminds I am actually supposed to say hi to you guys from her, and if I don't remember to do oh. that, she will she will be put out. Hi, so Jen. This is her this is her official hello. Hello, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 um, I'm sorry. You, you no, that's okay. no. Um, the uh, she replied to me because I, I mentioned that I was looking into um, a Dollar Shave Club, and uh-huh. she wanted to know what I thought about it and whether or not I received anything yet because. Um, were you 
did did you sign up with them? Did you not receive something? I, I'm not sure because I, I I actually hadn't signed up. I just remember when there was a big flurry about it, and I was looking. Okay, uh, but I I actually had not signed up. Okay, so right. you have to tell me is that an endorsement? Are you happy with with these, I I with have um, so I yes so far I I I actually used it for the first time um, Sunday because I. We were off from work Monday. I didn't go back till Tuesday, and I didn't want to shave the day of work because I didn't want – in case it didn't work out, I didn't want to look all like uh, like I went a few rounds with Frank Castle. So I decided to – Right. Um, <laughs> I, I broke him in. I broke him in a couple of days earlier, and, and I've shaved a couple of times this week. And I, I – it, it's the quad. I have a friend at work who uses the single – blade, and, and he's happy with that, and I think that's only a couple of bucks. But this is for for six bucks – Every other month, I get four cartridges, and and I'm quite pleased with them so far. There's a nice there's a nice weight to them. It's I'm I I'm not complaining, and I've I've uh, I don't usually shave too many times during the week, but lately I have. So yeah, no, did, can consider this an endorsement. I'm, I'm quite pleased. So you can let Jen know that, uh, that that I'm happy with it. So if you do decide to, um, I don't think you'll have any worries. All right, excellent. That's actually like I said, we come back around to shaving, but. I, just, I was going to say, these bearded Jews I'm on with tonight. I'm serious. And what's awesome is when you when, – when you, um, because apparently when you do sign up, because I had to get my brother involved, and, and when you do sign up, you get like your own link. So if you if you get people – it's like Amway. If you get people signed up with it, then you get credit, and you could end up getting you know uh, free blades and things like that. But there's – you know, so I mean there's a whole URL that you get when you sign up. But I mean otherwise it's just – It's like David's Pyramid Scheme. He's – it kind of is, sort of is, but yeah, no. But I mean, what what actually sold me on it was was the video when uh, when you go to dollarshaveclub dot com and you have the guy basically telling you what it's all about. The video itself just kind of pretty. But I mean, six bucks for 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 four blades. Come on, dude. I mean, you know, I'm how much your cartridges these days? So yeah, they're insanely expensive. Yeah. And, and people are now like, are they shaving? Are they really? Yeah, uh, we're talking you, about shaving. Uh, All right, I think that is a great, um, a, a great note to kind of wrap things up on. Is that it? Is that, is it? We're done with that now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I did forget. I did forget to. We're going to go in and reverse tonight. Um, I forgot to mention that this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's right. It is DCBService.com, and that's where you can get all of your comics at insane wumba discounts uh you can uh you know what and we'll give them uh the the extra of the instocktrades.com uh where get you can go yep there you go you can get you can get stumptown you can get all of uh all of greg's uh collected editions whether it be from uh, like i mean we're going back to like batman no man's land mm. you, you know ages past Ages past, exactly. Uh, you know, all the Queen and Country definitive editions, which if you have not read those and you've not been listening to my podcast for the last <laughs> seven years, um, um, so go to uh, dcbservice.com and, uh, and save uh, big money on your comics. And David, if they are a first-time customer at DCB Service, they can enter what code? The code could be EOC8. And that will get them an additional eight percent off their initial order, which uh, um, add that up, and it's uh, it's even bigger discounts and great stuff. Okay, so Greg, um, the uh, the web com- first of all, the web comic can be found where? Oh, at uh, <laughs> ineffableether.com. 
I-N-E-F-F-A-B-L-E-A-E-T-H-E-R. Ether, A-E-T-H-E-R is the, is the tricky part there. Uh, and then, you know, the general stuff, I'm on, I've got a Tumblr account uh, called Front Toward Enemy, and I'm on Twitter at Rucka Writer. Uh, but mostly actually I tend to, I, I, I tend to tweet more than anything else, I think. So if people are looking for, for what I am saying, that tends to be where I'm saying it. You're, you're, you're a massive tweeter. You can, uh, um, <laughs> Hey, you are, you, you, you took that back. you're on the, you're on, you're on the tweet thing a lot. Um, 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 Google lady saber Kickstarter and that'll get you, get you there. You know, I was testing that and, uh, and definitely, um, sign up. Grab that, uh, you know, increase Greg's fulfillment cost and order that book. <laughs> yeah. And and Greg's like, no, just order the digital only. I am, you know, it, it's I I have not. I, I'm I'm glad it's 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 five days away, four days away. But I I I keep hovering my mouse over the the uh, the top of the line digital tier, which yeah. will make my wife extremely happy. Well, you know, if you get but, the book, any you get the book, you get all the digital stuff. Exactly, but the thing is, I get the book. See, if I get the book, you might get the book back in Ash. David's on a no, a no, a no new book rule in the yeah, house. Until I, until I get rid of a lot of the books I have, until I get rid of a lot of the paper, I really can't have too much new paper coming in. I, I, I understand. Jen, <laughs> Jen has been on a uh, royal tear trying to clear out the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is like, "Are we going to read this again?" No, it goes. Go goes, yeah. But yeah. but we may we might need. No, it goes. It's yeah. like, okay. So so I'm in I'm in L A this last week, and we went to the Tashin store. Oh yeah, I know I'm a fool. Yeah, the one at the farmers market. Yes, exactly. Um, I was I was actually meeting Gabriel Hardman there for lunch, and it was uh it was off. And um, <clears throat> FYI. I know Gabriel would like to draw some Queen and Country at some point. <laughs> Seriously? We've had this conversation, yeah. I got to tell you, there there are a few artists that intimidate me as much as Gabriel. I'm really? Afraid to write for him. <laughs> I'm afraid to write for him. I'm like, I'm going to have to be, I, I you know, like I said, I, I never, ever, ever want to phone anything in. But I look at his work is always, he's so smart in his choices. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, there's a piece of me that, if I ever get to work with him, I imagine that process is going to be so. Let's sit down and have a cup of coffee, and I'm going to tell you the story that I want us to tell, and you're going to tell me the visuals, um, and 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 that'll be the way we do it. You know? Yes. Talk to him. Write me. Make me a comic book, Greg. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just be for Chris. Yeah. yeah. It's yes, just for me. I I will start the kick. It's a Kickstarter for of one. <laughs> so, all right. So so back up, uh, Lady Saber and the Pirates of the Ineffable Ether, and uh, and and Vince never showed up. So it's just me and David and Greg, and it's been awesome. And and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week. So um, yeah, Greg, thank you guys for having me, man. Oh, are you kidding me? Um, you need to pick some music for us for the for the show. Pick a song. Pick a song. Pick a band. Any band. Anything by Warren. Uh, Warren Zevon is always good. Nice. You want to know? You want to know a good exit song? Okay. What you want is you want Springsteen's cover of Zevon's "My Rides Here." Okay. All right. Wow, That's I got I got fun. some I got some uh, I got I got some work 
to yeah. do before I had I'm glad, I'm glad I'm going to bed after this. This is great. Yeah. I, got, I got the easy work tonight. Oh, Greg, it is a pleasure as always. Please, um, let's not make it like another two years before we talk. That would be uh, terrific. I would love to be able to talk again soon, guys. All right, awesome. I'll, I'll, have, I'll, I'll, I'll reread Punisher and have more questions. You guys, feel free anytime, man. Okay, awesome. All right. Thank you, Greg. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. You guys have this is one of uh, Warren's songs called My Ride Is Here. I'll stay in at the Marriott. With Jesus and John Wayne I was waiting for a chariot They were waiting for a train The sky was full of carrion I'll take the Mazuma Said Jesus to Marion That's a 310 to you My ride's here My ride's here My ride's here I ride here The Houston sky was changeless We galloped through blue bonnets I was wrestling with an angel You were working on a sonnet You said I believe the seraphim Will gather up my pinto And carry us away gently Across the sand you sit on I ride here my ride's here My ride's here